Hey wrestling fans, this is Eddie Shepard, one half of the guys over at Wrestling Recommendations, telling you to check out our podcast. Each week, myself and my best friend Travis Lasseter dive in with a deep retrospective and watch along to some of our favorite matches. We have curated a list of over 200 plus matches spanning over 40 plus years. We take all those matches, we throw them into a randomizer, and the very next week, that's the match we cover. Check us out at Wrestling Recom on Twitter, R-E-C-O-M-M, and Wrestling Recommendations on Facebook. And you can find us wherever podcasts are available. And let us bring our wrestling recommendations to you. You are listening to the Wrestling Purists Podcast, home of the Retro Review Series, sponsored by Anchor. You can listen anywhere podcasts are available. Follow on Twitter at WPPod1. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to yet another Retro Review, courtesy of your Wrestling Purists. My name is Ryan, alongside Jeff. And we have got a barn burner for you. It is WCW Spring Stampede 1994. This is taking place from the Rosemont Horizon in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, The tagline for this show is Locked Horns, Bullish Tempers, Let the Stampede Begin. Uh, Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, Yeah, this is... Um, this is widely regarded as one of the best uh, pay-per-views that WCW has ever done. Um, the purists will be the judge of that by the end of this card. Um, yes. But I know your wheelhouse is more of the older stuff, but I think oh, this, this, this period is... in time is also, you're extremely knowledgeable about it. Um, this is the rehashing of, or I guess the continuation I guess you could say between the years long feud between the nature boy, Ric Flair and um, Ricky, the dragon steam steamboat bought this. Um, (laughs) I just recently bought the new um, steamboat pop um, and it is fucking gorgeous. I have a, I have a problem. We all do. Um, But how can you how do you describe the feud between Flair and Steamboat? Um well I found it funny. I maybe maybe in hindsight now that I'm saying it back, listening to it myself say it. In the beginning, they were like, his best friend, Steam uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. I was like, best friend. And I was like, oh, they're just they're just working here. Okay, never mind. You know what yep. I'm saying? Yep. But uh I mean, they're just classics. Again, obviously, I've never wrestled, nor have you. But you hear the guys say all the time, you know, some guys just have really good chemistry, you know, with certain people. And those guys have um, really good chemistry. And, I mean, I would argue... See, people tend to love... People tend to love... Well, the matches were better with, with... Flair and Steamboat, but I think he did his 
some of his best work also too with Dusty, but but you can't go wrong with uh with Steamboat. It's they're just classic. It's babyface, it's heel, it's everything you want. It's one guy uh, not high fly, but high fly for the time and can do everything and super athletic and the other guy is just looks like a million dollars and it just it's perfect. Everything matches perfect. The perfect storm, if you ask me. Yeah, there is there's a very beautiful art side to um the matches between Flair and Steamboat, I will say. Um it was last night I was watching NXT and of course not really th- I I guess I was just I guess I was just bitching way too much. Um but you know, good good friend of the show, Eddie Eddie Shepard. Um God gotta think of exactly what he said. Um, he said, he said, Ryan, give me five things you like about professional wrestling. Um, Jeff's response, gold, is you've been around me for too long. Uh, not, not, not fucking wrong. Unfortunately. Um, so I want to go through this. And by the time I get to the end, all the boxes are going to be checked. Um, larger than life characters. Um, it's the nature boy, Ric Flair and Ricky, the dragon steamboat. I mean, both are larger than life. Flair notorious for his, you know, fantastic promos is larger than life gimmick. Um, steamboat, you know, the, the, the guy just oozes charisma. Okay. So that was my number one. My number two is, um, my number two is you know storytelling, or it could or it's the male soap opera equivalent to like Days of Our Lives, where where it's the story that not only you're telling outside of the ring, you know, building to this, but then it's the work that you're doing inside of the ring, um, that you're really selling the story that you've been building for for weeks or months or, um, this case years, um. They do such a great job. Yep. Um, number three is anything can happen at any time, which, I mean, I guess that goes for anything, but um, professional wrestling depends, I guess, on who's in charge, but um, that was my three. Um, four is technical mat grappling. Um, there's something that's really just eye-catching about – you know, things that aren't too choreographed. Um, the one like minute, minute and a half clip that I always remember when I talk about this is um is the um Will Ospreay Puma back and forth. They both flip in the middle of the ring and they both do the pose. Um mm-hmm. so when I always think think about when I'm thinking about like things that are over choreographed. Um, and the one I guess to give not AEW any type of credit, but Brian Danielson, um, is still the best technical wrestler in the world. Um, hands hands down. Um, Zach Zach Saber Jr. is right behind him. But anytime you watch a Danielson match, there is 
there's there there's something different that he does every single match, whether it's um you know holding a different wrist for a hold than he did the last match, or um you know some type of some type of unique reversal, you know, and it's the back and forth, but it makes it just feel so natural. Yeah, with Flair and Steamboat, it's very similar. You don't get the the quick reversals as as frequently, but the mat work and just the technicality of their feud is just beautiful. Um, and then my fifth, um, you know my 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 fifth thing that on on the spot, mind you, that I like about professional wrestling. I said maybe not each match, but most matches are like an intricate dance or you know some type of art. And I I know it's cliche, but it takes two to tango, you know. And I know you know Thunder Rosa Athena. Um, we'll just start potatoing you just for the fuck of it. Um, when you have somebody like Flair and Steamboat who on the spectrum of the way that their in-ring skills are and the way that they operate, it's 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 really yin and yang here to where you don't see Flair really go to the top rope a whole hell of a lot, but yet Steamboat will take the calculated risk. And it, it they play off of each other just so well. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm asked give me five things you like about professional wrestling. I'm very confident now that I can just say, watch, watch a Ric Flair and, you know, Ricky steamboat match, because that's exactly just checks all, all the boxes for me. Um, I mean, I think that was very well put, put and you're right. You're absolutely right. It's not, in this world, God, that you know, like with sports and us being two ex-football coaches, wow. it's the details. And wow. they just get the little things right every single time. They get them right so much that you don't even notice that they're there or they need to be done. But if they don't do them right, then it's out of place. And those guys could wrestle a million times and it's just always going to look right, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 always gonna look crisp. And the damnedest thing is um is the guys over at wrestling recommendations um just did the match. Oh god, I wanna say Steamboat Austin from when he had his back injury. Um yeah, yeah, okay. It was a Clash of the Champions 28. Um so that was 94. Okay, we're covering 994 for this show. So we're months away. Um, so this is March, so April, May, June, July. So we're five months away from you know Ricky Steamboat not you know wrestling a match until you know WrestleMania 25. Yeah. He uh, which he's is 40, 2009. He, he's 41 here. Which is Fucking bonkers, okay? Now, I make the comparison because not everybody ages as well, you know, as others. Um, Obviously, 
Ric Flair's the fucking albatross because he just had his quote unquote last last match, you know, towards the end of last last year, and um, Wrestling Observer just reamed or, it. But, or or Jerry Lawler, who's wrestled like every year since. <laughs> no, like like once a he year has. since. Oh my goodness, like seventy. God, like six seventy seven. You know, you know what I mean. Wrestling. Wrestling Jimmy Smithson. And it's just some guy coming out of the Jiffy Lube. Like he's he's, he's having a, his match though. He's the king. Um but I but I kind of draw this com this comparison because 94 to 2009, so we're looking at 15 years where there's no activity. Um and uh, and obviously you said he's 41 here, so plus 15. He's 56 when he's in that match with Jericho at Mania 25. And obviously a 56-year-old is not going to look the same as a 41-year-old. Let's get that straight. But I don't know a 56-year-old that can do what Steamboat does. No. Like, what he nope. does is... On one hand, it's it it's a he's he's what I would consider a, a risk taker, especially in you know the especially in the you know mid mid nineties that was professional wrestling. He was he was a risk taker. So, but also at the same time, the back injury was kind of a was you know kind of a freak accident. So you have to think whether he would keep on wrestling or not. But take the 94 steamboat and the back injury bump it to 2009 and there's no reason he has any right to be working the way that he does as a 56 year old but it also goes to show that he was a risk taker but he also took care of his body mm -hmm. which is something that i can't say for um the combatants for um for tonight's face of the revolution ladder match on on a dynamite but well, <clears throat> I think it's I think it's a perfect storm of him being really good, him being in shape, him taking his body and his craft seriously, him just actually also being special. You know, I mean, you, you know, there's everybody isn't created equal. There's a bunch mm -hmm. of good Hall of Fame pro wrestlers, but still i mean even the guys in the nfl hall of fame nba nhl like their guys are in there but yep. you can still rank those guys in the hall of fame there's still a one percent inside said hall of fame so he's uh i i just think it's it's everything i was listening to uh an Arn anderson podcast the other day and no i take no I, i'm taking it back it wasn't Arn anderson it was uh nature boy buddy landell and he was talking about Steamboat, and he said he said the stuff that – no, I lied again. It was Greg the Hammer Valentine. Greg the Hammer Valentine is what I was listening to. And he was saying the stuff that Greg, that it took him six years to learn, you know, six years in the game, in the business of wrestling. He said Steamboat picked up in like two, you know. He said he just had it all figured out and – his stuff looked good and he had everything figured, not figured out, but you know, he had everything down. He said in two years, it took me six. He's like, nah, yeah, I didn't take it personal. He said, just guys are different, you know, but he was saying that, um, 
he was just special. You get a talent every now and again that comes through and they just get it. You know? Yeah. Um, Steamboat was one of those guys. Um, I want to say a guy like Regal is one of those guys. Um, I mean, I could go on and on that, that, that's a list that we'll probably have to cover at some point or another. Um, but I mean, the match itself was just fan fantastic and I want to get there. Um, but let's start here at the top of the card here, uh, for spring stampede. Uh, we do start, um, with the video package. Um, we are, we're looking over all of the major feuds, uh, titles on the line, uh, challengers, hog tying the champions. Um, yeah, I said that right. This is a fucking Western themed. Uh, I I almost said premiere live event. This is a Western themed <laughs> pay per view. PLE. Those 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 uh damn PLEs. Um, a lot of bad Western puns going through here. Um, I I enjoyed it. Um, we transition to. Got to pull this uh, gentleman's name up appropriately. Uh, um, Aaron Neville. Um, oh, my God. This gentleman. Yep. Jesus Christ. Yep. Uh, oh. That's the national anthem. White bread. <laughs> um, yeah. So I Aaron was Neville. Working. Aaron Neville, my grandma's one of my grandma's favorites. But yeah, your boy Aaron, ne- Aaron Neville here um, in better shape than half of the AEW roster right now. I'm really glad you brought that up because there was a picture. Um, it was from Ric Flair's birthday over the weekend, and there's a there's a uh, heavy set kind of tanner guy sitting down, um, some kind of dark blonde hair, um, you know, kind of receding hairline. Um, looks like heavy set Chris Jericho. And I was on a message board earlier, and it was like nobody told me that Chris Jericho went to Ric Flair's party. <laughs> uh, I've got to send you the picture later. Yeah, uh, please do. It's, it's fucking comical. Um, but we get our opening contest here. Um, it is Johnny B. Bad, Mister Tutti Fruity himself, taking on uh, Diamond Dallas Page. Um, with the uh, beautiful diamond doll here, um, and we get we we get Shivani and Heenan on commentary for the entire night. Um, I'm just gonna start with that uh, commentary was fantastic the entire night. Um, I'm gonna be harping on this for the rest of the podcast and the rest of this pay per view. Oh God! But no, no. Um, and this isn't new. This isn't a okay. a new take that I'm taking here. Bobby Heenan is just great. Yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, he's just great. I mean, I already knew this, but ain't he great? Ain't he great? <laughs> everything he says, everything he does, you know, the the little jabs, like he's just great. Yeah. So they bring um so so you have Diamond Dallas Page and the Diamond Doll coming out. They give um some kind of 
jewelry or trinket or something to Heenan and immediately Heenan goes from like neutral commentator to like all DDP mm-hmm. all DDP and it's it's so great because like she gives it to him and immediately he's just like oh oh yeah DDP is great <laughs> the diamond doll is great like oh yeah he just god he's just he's a million dollars he's absolutely the greatest, if not one, of the, if he is one of the greatest, but he's just he's just money, and that's and that's before you even get to him. When we're just talking about announcing, that's, uh, you know, commentator, that's before we even get to him being a damn manager. Yeah. Um. So they are diamond cufflinks shaped to be his initials, um, which is kind of cool. Um, and I don't and I don't know if you caught. Um, it was a, it was very subtle, and I think it's just because we've been calling him DDP for fucking two to three decades now. Um, Shivani calls him DDP on commentary, and Heenan's like, "Who?" Like, yeah, yeah, he was yeah. going by Diamond Dallas yeah. Page forever, and yeah. he's out of nowhere. It's like, who? And it stands for Diamond Dallas Page. Uh. But this match goes just south of six minutes, um, and it is just an okay opener for me. What do you think? Yeah, I mean it's it's not um, not a barn burner, but again, it's definitely a solid opener. Um, Johnny B. Bad is over like nobody's business here oh with the crowd. Gosh. Yeah, I mean, and he looks like Little Richard, and that's the gimmick, that's the bit. But you would think. I don't know. You would think like, what? That's crazy. That's stupid. No, he is over. But I mean, he's also a legit shooter, well, boxer, and he's pretty good in the ring his damn self. But yeah, I, I thought this was a good match. Uh, again, nothing bad. Everything was clean. Um, also, too, we forget that DDP, you know, got a late lease on wrestling life. He's 38 here. Yeah, let that blow your mind. But, but yeah, yeah. yeah. This was a good match. Uh, a solid match. Johnny B. Bad kind of carries it. Oh. Which is which is fine. And like I said, the people are hot for him. So good match. Yeah, and it's and just like you're saying, it's fine, you know, that that DDP is not not, you know, leading the pace here because I know it's ninety-four. Um, but he really hasn't been working that long. Uh-uh. Um, I mean it. It's it's been a very short, um, say maybe a couple of years, but you got to think it, it's it's just like when you know MMA really started to peak, and everyone was like, oh well, if I was X amount of years young younger, you know, I would have been great, you know, and that's and that's kind of the same with you know professional wrestling. It's like. It's like there's a peak age where you can really get a lot out of it. And DDP was the one that really broke that stigma because in 94, you said he's 38. He's 38 uh, here. And so let's see here. He ends up being a three-time WCW champion, uh, one-time television champion, two-time U.S. heavyweight champion, uh, four-time tag team champion. Well, um, he he also definitely can show you, definitely showed you that um, if you really can get yourself over, you can get the most. I mean, he he got the most out of 
his run he could possibly get, you know, for a guy that wasn't, you know, most guys break in, I don't know, 20, anywhere from, you know, 20 to 26, 27. And for him to get in around what, 30, uh, probably a little earlier than that, but thirties. Like I, yeah. I, I want to say I read somewhere, I heard a podcast. He, I think it was like 33 or 34 when he first started, like really, 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 really actually wrestling before he was, cause he was just a manager and had the diamond dolls and all that. But mm-hmm. yeah. Um, wild, wildly enough, um, five years later at this event, he, he wins his first world title. Yeah, there you go. So that'd be 43. Yeah. If math maths, um, don't worry. He would lose it 15 days later to the man called Stig. Yeah, I had to I had to shoehorn it in there somewhere. He does this, he does that. He pisses me off and makes me skip his matches. <laughs> uh, that's gonna be the remix on a on a t-shirt. So near. Um but no, Johnny B Bad hits um the kiss that doesn't miss. Um at one point, it's a near fall, but then eventually, um, Johnny Bad hits a flying sunset flip for the win. Um, under six minutes, you really can't get a whole lot done um, to get the crowd invested. But as you've already said, the it was just okay for an opener. I think it could have been yeah. a lot better, though. Yeah. So we kick it back to Shivani. He's running down the rest of the card. Um, and then he mentions the um, insert your city here street fight. Um, then he then off the wall comment from from Heenan. He says he's gonna wear a raincoat during the match because you never know what will happen. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, did you also catch Heenan? Um, giving giving bunny ears yes god it was great ah, god damn um then we go back uh to mean gene and jesse the body ventura plugging the hotline gordon soli zabisco um jeff's favorite um <laughs> um no larry so they're talking about the rest of the card and then and then Jesse the body says um Flair and Steamboat have met be- before but not for this level of prestige well what i did like about this whole thing is it, it was pre- it was presented as big time main event the whole thing you know it wasn't like a I guess, you know, obviously times were different back then, but it wasn't t- toward the end. You didn't hear anything about like, watch this and then watch our this and watch our this and watch our that and watch our this. Like it was like, no, just stay here at the pay-per-view. They're obviously going to plug their other stuff later. Yes. But stay here at the pay-per-view. Check out all the live action. We've got this. We've got that. You don't want to be anywhere else. Like this is big time. Like that's how it's done. Yeah. Yep. 
That goes, that's the way it goes there. Um, so we move on to our next contest, though. Um, this is a um this is Lord Steven Regal defending um the World Television Championship against Flying Brian Pillman. Um, this has a 15-minute time limit, which if you know anything about early 90s WCW and Lord Steven Regal holding a title, his gimmick was get to the goddamn time limit. Yes. Because goddamn, yes. And he's not wrong. Yeah. Um, So this is kind of... This is kind of a feud in the making, though, here between between Regal and Fly and Brian, because we go back a little bit um, to the previous summer. So we're looking at the summer of 93, um, your current tag champs at the at this point in time, the Hollywood Blondes. Uh, so that would be Steve Austin and Fly and Brian. Um, they would hold these titles for 169 days um, until Clash of the Champions, uh, Roman numerals 24. Um, they were set to defend them against um, Arn Anderson and Paul Roma. And we have Flying Brian that is unable to compete. So the replacement is Lord Steven Regal. Um, Regal eats the pin. Uh, they lose their tag titles. So I guess a little bit of history there. Um, they don't mention it ever on commentary, but yeah. Um, what, what did you think about this match? Um, I love Regal. Um, there was something I can't describe it because I don't think they really got a flow, a match flow together. I love the work that Regal does. Um, I like the work that Pillman does. Um, and I think that this could have worked. I think there was too much stop and go action for them to actually get a flow. And, oh, a lot of times you'll see that in matches and it works to its benefit. So a lot of fast pace action. Um, and then the heel will, you know, cut off the momentum and we'll get like the rest holds and all that. I just think that once, you know, we like transition into another match pace within mm-hmm. this match, I just don't think they could recover fully and get back on a good match pace. Um, that's a, it's not a huge gripe for me, um, but I'm but I'm regal biased here. Um, but I thought overall the match the match itself was good. Um, so for me, you say match of the night, Jeff. I swear to Christ. Uh, <laughs> um, this is my match of the night. <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> God yeah. damn it. Yeah, this is my match of the night. Um I get it. It's just there there was just something about it. And I can't mm. explain it to you. I mean, I guess I can a little bit. 
But like, you're right. It was like herky jerky and kind of, I mean, not, not all the way. Like it just, the broken up stop and go and, and, and all of it, like it just was good though. It just was so good. And Regal looks like he's trying to stretch him and Brian's trying to fight him back. And he's got a little mean streak. Like, like it's, I loved it. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. And I don't know what it, what it was. And, and, and look, because I'm sure there are people that listen to this and they're, and they're like, Oh, well they did. They, well, they don't disagree on anything. Uh, no, like this, like this match is good period because the work rate of Regal and the work rate of flying Brian will balance a lot of the fucking herky jerkiness out. Um, Jeff can get past that. I can't, it's just, it's just something that, you know, just bothered me with it, but that doesn't mean the match is bad though. Um, yeah, I, I enjoy, like, I, I liked it because I was, I just found myself waiting to, oh, they're going to go here. Oh no, not. They're going to stop. And when I think they're going to stop, they're going to go. And when I think they're going to, you know, and again, I, I get how that can be frustrating to certain, to, to people. I got it. But I just thought it was good. It looked like real. It it looked like two guys competing, really competing. Like, no, I'm not going to give you this. The, the you know this time I'm going to give you this. No, I'm not going to give you that. Like, I don't know. I was just all about it. I'm going to have to watch it again. I guess probably not now since I'm going out on a limb here. Mister Match of the Night. So the the reason this works and i know i said that regal's whole gimmick was to get to the time limit whenever he was a champion it's not just rest holds though and that's the big difference between i know i'm going to catch heat for this it's a huge difference between a match like this and like the bret hart h hbk iron man match from wrestlemania 12 it's a lot of it's just a lot of the same rest holds in that match. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of headlocks. It's a lot of chin chin locks. It's a lot of the same rest holds where if you look at what Regal's doing here, you've got Regal stretch. He locks on a surfboard, locks on a locks on a bow, a bow and arrow at one, at one point. Like it, it's so unique for 94 that that it, that it made it an, that this style was in, was innovative for the for the time and i think that's why the crowd was so enthralled as the match carried on and the crowd didn't die during this match either which which is which is great because no, yeah you get a match like like this where it's a time limit match um the last match wasn't a wet fart but it wasn't it wasn't superb you know and then you have this and you know you would think that maybe the crowd would die off a little bit um but they didn't die off until the finish yeah and again to me that's that's everything i want in a match slash um match of the night and again, like, don't get me wrong. 
I'm not saying this is some seven star superstar extravaganza. No, 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 not at all. But man, it just looked like old school wrestling. In this time period, Regal just looks like he's trying to punch everybody as hard as he can for real. And maybe he is. I don't know. But it just looks so good. Yeah. So good. Yeah, and it's and it's and it's wild that even as his career went on, you know, WCW on to WWF, WWE, um, the work the work rate is the same. Like it's great. And so the finish, I look, if you if you know me and you've been listening to me for long enough, you know that I love myself a good old time limit draw. When it means something and when it's not just a bullshit finish, it means so much more. And I don't, and so the early days of AEW, I think the most notable time, time limit draw was the one between Cody and Darby. It was like, it was like the 20 minute time limit. And it's, it's just, and through this whole, whole match and, you know, and, you know, fuck, um, you know, fuck Gary Gary Michael Capetta. Um, that's from that's from um Eddie Shepard. So, um, Shepard Eddie Eddie doesn't like Gary Michael Capetta. Not at all. Why? What? What? I don't remember. I just I look friend of the show. That's just like um Matthew no. Justice. He can he he can fuck off. He. <laughs> I think I think that he no no showed some events though. So I mean that. That mother, that that motherfucking is at least le- legitimate. This I don't know. I, <laughs> I gotta get to the bottom of this great Michael Capetta thing. Yeah, if I'm if I'm wrong, I've been, I've been motherfucking him for no reason. <laughs> Which oh, whoopsies. Um, but no, the whole time that the match is going on, you know, we get like ten minutes, five minutes. And then we get down to the minutes, and it's it it's building suspense. The more I talk about this match, the more it's, it's it, it might be my match of the night. Like it's it, it look, it only went fifteen minutes, but the further you get to the time limit, like the more it builds, and it's beautiful. And then they go, and then they go over the top rope and don't make it back in. Yeah, yeah. Well, right. Last minute with a suplex, but yes. Yeah. Um, but everybody's protected. It fucking works when it's done right, Tony Khan. <laughs> fucking scumbag. Backstage, Mean Gene, with Colonel Robert Parker and Bunkhouse Buck. Um. Mean Gene calls Colonel Parker one of the greatest promoters, but then says that Buck uh, smells like a fertilizer salesman. The disrespect. Yeah. Um, I actually really enjoyed this. The segment. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, yeah. It was good. They talk about you know Austin Muda. Um, Colonel Parker puts over Muda. 
which is which is awesome. Um, and then and then Bunkhouse Buck um, says that um, he smells the way he does on purpose because that's what his daddy taught him. Yeah, what do you say? My, it's what my daddy did. It's what I'm gonna do, and I'm a whoop you something something something. Um, and then he calls Dustin Rhodes a ten cent drugstore cowboy, and then continues to yell about his uh about about beating his brains out. Cool. <laughs> um. I feel like this goes against everything that this show is is you know falling upon. But um, <laughs> up next, it's the insert your insert the city that we're currently in street fight. Um, we get we get I am nasty themselves. It's knobs and sags taking on um, the interesting team of Cactus Jack and Max Payne. Yeah. Um Jeff, you have to go first. Um Well, first I got to say just say it. Just plain nasty baby. Um nasty I am. Yeah, I listen. I love the nasty boys. I know I shouldn't. Um they're not great wrestlers. I got it. They're in the same damn sweatpants here than they that than, that they were a couple weeks ago uh, when we were watching TNA. <laughs> uh, the only difference here is they're about thirty pounds, forty pounds lighter here. <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean, this match was street fight, street fight match. So obviously, it was all over the place. Um, to be fair, I, I think they're excuse me. Um, you're better off having them do this style of match than having them actual tag in a match, and you know what I mean. Uh, they definitely can showcase more of their stuff here. Um, this is another just time and another match for uh, Cactus Jack slash McFoley where, I mean, Knobs hits him with this damn shovel, and, I mean, he just absolutely oils him in the head. I mean, he just, I mean, he just nails him as hard as he can in the head. And the sound from the the... This shovel is just crazy. How he like I just how he can take bumps as a superpower. I mean, I'm not a superpower because I know he's hurt now and stuff, but he's still not as bad as you think someone would be. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, like, uh, yeah. And then the bump, like the knobs, pushes him off the side. And, and you know, this WCW you have the ramp that's even with the ring. And Knobs yeah. pushes him off the side of the off the ramp, and he just takes like a flat back, like head bump. I mean, it's yep. gnarly. I mean, it's absolutely gnarly. It just, I don't know. I, I don't know. But again, the match is the match, and I mean, it's this is probably the lowest deal on this card. And but but with that being said though, Cod, what do you think in the sense of like it's it was I mean, I guess we can say it's bad, but it's not awful. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like it's a, it's it's the nasty boys and they're doing a street fight. Yeah. Um I really enjoyed this. Oh. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm fine with it. I just God damn it. Who are you? Um, I don't know anymore. I so I don't know. There was just what do you go uh but 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 before you go, okay. what do you think about the what do you think about at the end when when he when um cactus gets pummeled with the sled with the snow with the snow shovel? Um, it reminded me of Eddie Edwards PCO, where PCO has that giant shovel fucking mark in his head now. I was like, oh my god. Um, and then he gets the pile driver through the table. I was like, God damn it. Um, so I think it it was a combination of this and um you know this is this is very recent from um from from the hangman spot that he did where he lost his ear mm-hmm. um so this isn't too far after that um what i enjoyed about this is what is it technically sound of course not you've got you have you have both halves of friggin' nasty I am in there. Somebody named Max Payne and then Mick Foley. Okay. Yeah. It's not going to be a technical masterclass like the main event of the show is. What I can say is this was entertaining as hell because they followed the rules and they didn't overstay their welcome. Yeah, no, yes. Uh, they did everything you thought they were going to do and none of the stuff, you know, like they weren't, they did their street fight without trying to cu- cut each other's heads off, but they also did their street fight without trying to drop down toll hold, you know, shoot and start press. And like, you know what I'm saying? They left, they didn't do the stuff that they couldn't do. They did what they did really well. Yes. And that's, that's my thing with some of these no holds barred, um, you know, no disqualification, name of the town we're in, street, street fight. Like, like, don't overstay your welcome. Follow the rules. Don't do things that you know you can't do. Yeah. And they hit every single box. This match is just under nine minutes. Okay. Nobody's trying to lock in STOs. And- See, I had it. I'd have told you if it was longer than that, and like not not in a bad way though. You know what I mean? In a, in a in a in a good way. Hmm. Yeah, it was. It was violent. It was. It was. I would say intense. This made this made the nasty boys look nasty. Yeah, they were made here to look like killers. And I thought it was great. Uh, again, it, it wasn't bad. Um, yeah. Yeah. Again, I, I would say this. Well, let me make sure I got my. I'll, I'll hold that until later. But yeah, again, it was everything doing what the people doing what they should have been doing and none, none of the stuff that they, that they weren't. Yeah, and 
Look, I'm not saying that this match is better than the Regal Pillman match or even Flair's Flair Steamboat. Um we're gonna here in a little bit, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Vader and the boss. Um you know, but this match was exactly what you thought it was, and then it was a little bit better. And yeah. then add in there that Mick Foley just lost his ear and he's taking bumps like this. Not even taking bumps. I mean, he's just he's just getting hammered physically, literally, like just just he's getting absolutely hammered. Um obviously not my match of the night though. So we'll we will keep moving forward. Um backstage. Jesse the Body Ventura um, with Johnny B. Bad um, in his red cowboy hat, um, red and white frilly attire, um, and extremely sweaty. Yeah. Pouring sweat. Um, Essentially, um, he's there to challenge the winner of, of Austin and Muda. Says the only thing he's lacking is gold around his waist. Cool. Then we go to that match. It is um, Steve Austin defending his United States Heavyweight Championship against um, the legendary, one of the best to ever do it, uh, the Great Buddha. And Jeff being the um, Muda fanatic that I know that you are. um, What did you think of our contest here? Uh, uh, Shocker. I love this match. Oh, shocker. And not. Yeah. Uh, But to be fair, not, not, it's, it's not special. It's just, it's just a run of the mill match, but Again, you're watching two competitors trying to hurt each other. It looks like they're trying to scout each other, take it easy. Austin's like, um, Austin's really good and Muda's even better, but the commentary is putting Muda over. You know, they're they're giving him his respect and giving him his lore and giving him his mystique, you know, all with, you know, not 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 running him down. Um, the finish is the finish. Um, I mean, I, I I'd argue it's probably right because both guys can't really take a loss right here. You know what I mean? Fair. So, but with that being said, um, really solid match to me. Um, I I enjoyed it a lot. Same, very much the same. Um. I won't double down a whole lot here. Um, Austin is keeping up with Muda, and it's fantastic. Um, I I really enjoyed that. Um, Of course, you had the heel aspect to the entire thing. Um, You know, Austin, and it's it's really weird, though. Austin kind of working heel, though, here, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you would think, obviously, like early to mid '90s WCW crowd, there there would be maybe a USA chant here with Muda in the match, but um, crowd gives him the respect. Yeah, yeah, they do, they do. 
Oh, they 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 actually when he comes out, they kind of pop a little bit. Did you know that? Yeah. A little bit, yeah. A little bit. Um Austin throwing everything he has at Muda, and Muda just has answer after answer. And if you're not a fan, here's my only thing with this match. If you're not a fan of slow burning matches, this might not be the one for you because this was a little bit of a slower burn for me. And I don't yeah. and I don't mind it. I don't mind it as long as we get to where we're going. Yeah. Like we never yeah. hit like if we never hit that next level, then you know it, it's 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 kind of all all for naught, you know, but um we do eventually get there. Um the finish de- debatable on whether or not it was fine or not. I I agree that neither guy could take a loss here. But we are in the era of you're not going, you're not getting thrown over the top rope because you're getting disqualified. Uh but yeah, but I would rather that than some weird screwy like you, you know what I'm saying, like double count out, um interference deal. So the fact that it kind of looked organic, you know what I'm saying, and it was it was like that, I can take. I can I can stomach. I'll get on board with that. Yeah, I think I think we've watched so many WCW shows where we've seen this spot, and I think every time it's an earlier show, I'm like that's a disqualification. No, it's not. And now it happened here. And I'm like, that's not a disqualification. Wait, yes, it is. Like it was a little on a little unexpected. Yep. Yep. But um, again, the storytelling was good. Um, the slow burn was fine. Um, fitness was questionable, but I think, um, I think this was a solid match though. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, then we go backstage, uh, Jesse the Body with, um, they call him the Natural. Natural. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dustin Rhodes. Um, and Dustin Rhodes in his bunkhouse best. Um, got the uh white tag Texas U- University T-shirt on, tucked into his jeans with a belt on. Well, Texas with the T is different than Texas than Tennessee with the T, Jack. Don't forget I, about that. A hundred percent. And you bet your sweet ass you don't see it here, uh, but you know those knee pads are over top of those jeans. Oh, absolutely. Um. Blame it all on his roots. She should have boots to kick some ass. Yeah. Uh, so like you said, big difference between the team in Texas and team Tennessee. He says, instead, um, I'm going to get Buck's possum raccoon, but under that tree. Um, and then Dustin threatens to whip bunkhouse Buck and then leaves. Yeah, pretty much. The natural. <laughs> Call him the natural. Uh, all right. Let's get this over with. 
Um, we have uh, Rick Rude defending his International World Heavyweight Championship against the man called Sting. The man called Sting. I mean, I can't. I, I just I can't tell you how much I hate this motherfucker. Like, <laughs> um, one, two, in hindsight, um, if I'm Harley Race, I, I hope you got paid well because you fucking bumped more than anybody in this whole damn pay-per-view. Well, not named Cactus Jack. Yeah, Jack. God. And his work's so good. Races, I mean, he's probably he's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, but his work's so good. God, so good. Um, but Sting looks like shit. He's Judy chopping and Judy kicking and doing all of his skits and bits and wooing and doing his stinger splashes and uh, it's the fucking worst. It's the shits. But but the the fans love him though, so. Who am I to say anything to him? Um, did you know that this was Rick Rude's last pay per view match? Uh, I want to say I did, yeah, because he he goes to Japan, correct? Yep, yep, he goes to Japan, and that's where he has the back bump. Well, it wasn't even a wasn't even a bump. Well, I mean, it was a bump, but it was. Yeah, outside the ring, and he caught his back on the apron, which it didn't even look like terrible, but that was it. Um, so it was a suicide dive that he was taking on the outside. Yeah, but the ring was on a platform, and his back just hit that platform. Ugh. Yep. I mean. Super unfortunate. Um, yeah, this match is fine. <laughs> no, it it's not. It's over fucking booked. It, it you know, is. You're right though. He, it stings the fucking worse. God, he's the worse. But and then the whole what, then Vader thing, and I got it. But then he's out there. With, then races out there with a chair, and it's it's just too much going on. And again, I've said this a million times on this show. Hats off. Um, hats off to Ravish and Rick Rude because he's a rare guy who can look the way he he does with muscles to the gills, but can still bump believably and get his ass kicked, kind of like a chicken shit heel. And it looks real and it looks believable. Like he's a guy that you can beat and you don't look at him any less. Like it doesn't make him look bad. And I think that's kind of I think that was unfortunately how he got plugged. You know, he got stuck in that hole back in those days because he was so good. Um, no, by, by no means was he like a wrestling savant, but I mean in the sense of being able to tell a story. Ravish and Rick Rude had that, like you wanted to see him get his ass kicked, but you also believed everything he said and, you know, he just, he just was legit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he even good. And he and he wasn't for any other sweat hogs. <laughs> or humanoids. There you go. Yeah, this is this is one where um I think I think I think Rick I think Rick Root actually gets hurt 
in this match a little bit too. Um, it's um, it's when Sting is hulking up and um, he hits a back body drop, and like Rude kind of lands on his leg weird. Yeah. Oh yeah, because fucking no good fucking Sting. Um. Uh, he doesn't. Well, well he back body drops him. But he pushes him so far, he makes him do a complete fucking backflip. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he just he just chucks him, and I mean I'll give Sting this. He's in she's in shape and he's a he's an athlete. You know what I'm saying? But he fucking chucked him and he fell. Looked like he fell in his fuck. I'm surprised he didn't break his fucking leg. David said something about it on 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 commentary. Like oh ho hope his leg he, he can hurt his leg landing that way. Like yeah yeah no shit. Somebody tell Sting that's the problem. Um, I mean, I mean, he does this and he does that. There's so much love right now. I can, I can, I can feel it. He's the, I just can't stand him. Have you seen a good sting sting match, Jeff? I never thought I'd see the day where like, I would rather watch Lex Luger wrestled. Oh no, stop. Yes. No. Yes. Stop it. That's how much I hate sting. He just looks like. He's going through them. You know, he reminds me of. He reminds me of John Cena. He just looks like he's going through the motions, like he's mm-hmm. going to do. And, and I know that's wrestling, but he's going to do his his bits. He's going to do his handful of whatevers. He's going to woo. He's going to sting or yell. It's just, <laughs> God. On top of like, also, he always kind of looks like he doesn't want to be there somehow. Like with all that being said, like, uh, God, I can't stand Sting. He's sharp as a bull and as quick as a cat. Don't worry. Yeah, I bet he is. <laughs> um, also, Sting wins. Don't you ever get in his way, Kyle, because if you do, you're going to have to pay. <laughs> Thank God that's a thing. Yeah, uh, Sting wins. No surprise. Yep. Uh, we get a recap of the night and the rest of the card. Um, so then Shivani talks about how Ric Flair invited Hulk Hogan to the show, um, but not there yet. Go figure. Um, that leads us right into the bunkhouse match. It's Bunkhouse Buck, and they call him the Natural. Natural. Uh, Mr. Dustin Rhodes. Um, I will default to Jeff on this one, seeing as he is the um, the uh, knee pads over jeans wearing expert on this podcast. Um. I loved every bit of this just because I knew you did. I knew it. Yeah. I'm a sucker for a bunkhouse match. You know that. Um, It probably went a little too long, but by the beginning of it, everybody's dressed, you know, full clothes by the end. We got guys bleeding. We got guys missing gloves. We got no shirts. We got one cowboy boot. I mean, it's just a, it's, it's a, it's a (laughs) knockdown drag out. Um, 
the uh, the Colonels damn near stripped down. You know, he's taking bumps. It's I, I thought it was a pretty good uh, bunkhouse match. And man, again, Bobby Heenan so good at the end. He's he going into the next match. He's laughing like uh, you know. He said, "I rose, lost a bunkhouse match." You know what I'm saying? And he's, I know he was doing it for the like doing it for the show, but he it, but again, I don't know if he's shooting or whatever. But boy, he was having a he was actually having I thought a, a, a real good laugh about it. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, you know, Rose losing the bunkhouse match. And it thought? was great. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Who would have thought? Uh, yeah, this is an absolute mess. Um, But it's the kind of mess you can't look away from. Um, There's, there's blood. Um, There's powder. It's got um, it all. There's there's trips to Dick Kick City. Uh, there's belt whipping. Um, there's pocket pool. There's this is, I would say, maybe not. Would you say this? You would say the the tag match was more violent than this. Uh yes, just for the sake of Mick Foley. Just I mean, being Mick Foley. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just bouncing bouncing his ass around, bout, bumping and bouncing his ass around like he's a ping pong ball. Oh, fuckers! Um. I want to just before I tell you what what's happened on dynamite to preface this with you will never believe who won this tag team battle royale to get a tag team title shot at the pay-per-view who who's the tag team champs the guns oh, that's right they be okay so not the Bucks, right? They're they are they in it? So there was a battle they, royale to determine the fourth spot because last week um they got the third spot figured out. So right now it's the guns, the the acclaimed cashed in their rematch, so they're in it. Um Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett are in it. Um, and then courtesy of a battle royale. It is Orange Cassidy and his partner Danhausen. Danhausen. And they won it. They won it. Well, that means they're going to win the whole thing then. I mark my goddamn words. If they win the tag titles on Sunday, I'm kicking all you motherfuckers out. I don't care. Oh, well. I don't care. Matt and Pat will be telling me why this, it's a good idea because some demo of something that I don't know about, you know, whatever. I don't fucking understand. Who did they last eliminate? Oh, they eliminated Cesaro. 
Oh, great. Nobody, like, low-key, nobody watches anymore. Oh, well, shit. Okay, so the last two teams in this thing were them and the Butcher and the Blade, who deserve a push anyway. Who? Yeah, exactly. Um, Not to submarine everything com- completely, um, the finish to this is um, Buck gets some brass knucks from Colonel Parker, uses them, gets the win. Um, great match. Great, great match. Kick it backstage. Uh, just the body with an angry Rick Rude. Um, got an ice pack on his head. Um, very angry. Um, Vader comes. They both argue. They're almost about to fight. Um, then there's a big group of wrestlers that breaks it up. Sags tries to come, but he comes from the shower. Uh, thankfully, he kept the towel up. Um, God damn it! What a what a fucking just a tornado of just chaos in this in this segment. Uh, pretty much. Um. Then we get a small video package uh, for our next match, which is uh, Big Van Vader um, taking on the boss. Um, use your context clues there, boys, girls, and and children of all ages. Um, the boss is the big boss man. So this is good old Ray Trailer. Yeah. This is also more athletic than the big boss man version of Ray Trailer. So um I actually thought this was a pretty decent match. Um it was two guys beating the absolute piss out of each other. Uh, okay, so After we get off the podcast, go back into this, go back into the show, go into 152.16. Oh my God. And this clothesline that Vader gives Boss Man, I mean, you can hear, I mean, it's the stiffest. I mean, it's so snug. <laughs> I mean, it just sounds. I mean, it just sounds like, you know, people like thigh slap, you know what I'm saying? But like, I mean, it is gnarly. It's absolutely gnarly. 152.16. Give it a couple seconds, and boy, he hits him with the fucking clothesline. And I mean, it is just wicked. But yes, it's exactly what you said it is. This thing's overbooked to the high heavens, too. But, mm. but I mean, I mean, they're just physically beating each other up for 20 minutes. I mean, not 20. What is it? For how long? 17, 16, 12? Nine. I mean, Nine. I mean, it is just, <laughs> it, it really is a knockdown drag out. I mean, there really are. I, I I guess I'm probably more impressed by boss man because that's what Vader does. But I mean, boss man's a tough SOB too. And he's just taking the addition out ju- ju- just as good. Uh, you know, this show didn't take place in Ireland because there are a lot of potatoes here. 
I can tell you that much. I mean, just a fucking metric ton. Hold on, I gotta watch this now. Just oh, the punch, clothesline? Punch. Fucking potatoes. Fuck you. I'm not you taking that. You have to hear it. Yeah. I did. I'm not yeah. taking that. Yeah. It was it's... like it was like um you're like slapping a chicken breast. No, yeah, like, no, yes, yes. Uh, and, and and again, like not we're, we ain't talking about like there's no like working there was no work in here. No, it it was about four to six potatoes and then a clothesline, and I think just pure exhaustion and the boss just fell over. Yeah, I mean he got hammered. Um this match there's a little bit of blood in it. I don't think anybody's gig- gigging themselves in this one. No, it's uh, <laughs> good old fashioned hardwood. Yeah. Um Vader is the Vader bomb. The boss kicks out. And then he goes up top, hits the Vader moon salt, the Vader salt, whatever you want to call it. Gets the win. Hooray. Um And then this is just peak Vader, of course. Um, Harley Race gets the handcuffs and the nightstick. Uh, tries cuffing the boss. Um, fights back. Um, Vader stares down everyone, and um, fans are booing. And he goes and announces everyone. He goes, "Who's the man?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you, sir. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, if anybody's wondering, it's you. Um, to put it into more recent context, um, Vader is Kane, and we are all Drew Carey trying to give him money to please go away. <laughs> I'm, fuck you. I am not taking that clothesline or any of those potatoes. I'm like, no. I'm done no no vader to bomb no vader salt no vader if vader's in it listen i bitch at Shawn michaels for being um a, you know what for not wanting to work with vader because he's too stiff yep but that's probably one one part where sean might have been he might he might have been pretty pretty accurate about that <laughs> i see where you're coming from now as much as, as much as i don't like him uh Again, uh, we weren't there. You know, you you're sitting in front of you and you hear those shots. You're not, probably not. I'm probably not taking them either. Uh, well, don't worry. Um, the overbooking will continue here backstage because we get a segment with um the boss and Ventura's back there and Bachwinkle's back there. Um. So yeah, Bachwinkle that um tells him that he's supposed to represent good people, but they don't conduct themselves in that way. So he takes his cups and nightstick and then his name. Yeah. What'd you think about that, Todd? Says he's not the boss anymore. Um I mean that doesn't really undeputize you, but sure, why not? I mean, if we're going to think about that. Um, So, in reality, 
there was a lawsuit with WWF and they were threatening a lawsuit if the boss um, wasn't stopped calling the boss. But didn't cease to be called the boss. There we go. Um, do you know what his next gimmick is? No. Um, no. We've covered a match of his. It's the Guardian Angel. Why don't I remember this? Yeah. Guardian Angel. Yeah, I'm I'm also concerned as to Yeah, he's the Guardian Angel. Wonderful. Wild, right? Yeah. Anyway. Um so he's not an actual guardian angel. Um he joins um the organization called the Guardian Angels. Oh um, there oh, you oh, go. Oh. oh, okay, that's right, that's right, that's right. Okay, yeah, that's right. He's got the jacket on, like they're like the red beret. So fun fact about this, yeah. about that gimmick, um, he felt that it would be disrespectful if he just called himself the Guardian Angel. So he went through the training, became a member of the Guardian Angels, and then called himself the Guardian Angel. I mean, that's that's, I'm with it. I mean, that's if you're going to do it, do it. He's not telling a lie; he's telling the truth. Yeah, a bunch of truth bombs out here. All right. Everybody just simmer down for a second because it's time for the main event. Uh, Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat for the World Heavyweight Championship. Mm. It's so great. All right, you go first, Con. Um, I can't do this match justice. Um, what I will say is I'll just cut to the finish because the first 30 minutes of this is what you think it is, and it's fantastic. Um, yep. it's exactly everything I've I pumped it up to be everything I described it to be. It's it's outstanding. This is probably the as far as WCW main events go, probably the best we've ever seen. Yeah, without any like, uh, tomfoolery or, you know, like yep, in WO. You know what I'm saying? Like, just some type of something, yes. I mean, I guess there was still some tomfoolery in this, too, a little bit, but... Mm, I mean... But not as so. Bad. So, Steamboat hits Flair with a superplex. Locks in the double chicken wing. Turns it into a pin for a three count, but both of their shoulders are down. Mm-hmm. What type of finish is this? That'd be, that'd be Dusty Daddy. Mm. 
Yep. Um, so your two referees are discussing. Um, they determined that both men's shoulders were down. It's a draw. Boo City. Um, guys, this is why you paid for the pay-per-view. This is why you're watching this. This is why you're listening to this, okay? We, that's Jeff and I. Jeff might be able to do a little bit better job than I am. I can't do this match justice, nor do I want to try to, okay? This match deserves its flowers. It deserves to be watched on re- on repeat. It's really, really good. Uh yeah, and this isn't even like Yeah, I still think their earlier stuff's better, but man, this oh, yeah. is nothing this is this is nothing to shake a stick at either. Um again, this is two guys that were just at the top of their game and just have chemistry. When I first heard like but before I before it was gonna be like a gimmick, 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 you know what I'm saying? It was like, well, Rick Flair's having a last match. Matt, his last match, I was like, oh, well, it's got to be Steamboat, right? Yeah, I mean, like, like it's got to be. It just has to be Ricky Steamboat. Um, and, of course, it wasn't. You know, I guess that's just wishful thinking. But it was because of just, I mean, this rivalry. I mean, they are professional wrestling. I mean, this, this is professional wrestling. And... Again, I can't do it justice either. It's just old school pro wrestling. And it had you had Michael Buffer out there. It's it's big time main event. They're talking I, I love this old stuff where you have like, you know, they're going over the athletic commission and who's, you know, thank you for allowing us to do this and name it off guys. Like, man, it just makes it seem like sport. Like actual sport. Like, yes, um, uh, people are always going to yell and tell you like, oh, well, wrestling's fixed. Well, I mean, I didn't know it was broken, but sure. <laughs> um, but yes, this uh, this is what you came to see. And Bachwinkle does a good job because, I don't know, uh, Bachwinkle was a real fucking shooter, a real fucking NWA champion, and a real fucking wrestler. Um, so there's that. But, but yes, but Bachwinkle does a great job at the end. And really the whole thing, trying to keep a lid on everything and make it seem like, yeah, I'm not going to let this stuff get out of control, blah, 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 blah. Um, so it's good. Very, 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 very. Um, the the double finish, though, is what this one is remembered for. Um, obviously, like Jeff said, everything from their earlier days is much better. Um, but this is a nice addition to the series, though. Um, everything I said from the beginning of this podcast makes sense now. All of it. Um, they both work well together. Great storytelling. Um, some people are going to give it a knock because of the ending. So be it. It doesn't really make the match worse. Um, we're about to get Hogan. So it's got to be Flair and Hogan. So Steamboat's not going to win. Because we have Blair getting ready to face Hogan. Had to be somebody to come in to face Flair that could make Flair look really, really good. Yeah. And Steamboat's the guy. It's that simple. 
Um, we get an explanation after the match. Um, the decision of the champion um, in the case of a double pin, um, which is Flair. He retains the championship until he confers with the board. Yeah. Again, just the act of them showing you that this is sport. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, there's a board. We've got to go. Um, we've got to go over this stuff and do this and do that. And like, you know, like it's 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 the best. It's the best. Agreed. Um, with that being said, that wraps this up. Um Overall, what did you think, Jeff, of Spring Stampede 1994? Um, great pay-per-view from top to bottom. A couple things that were like, eh, but, but nothing insulting your intelligence or anything like that. Yeah, and I think that that's what a lot of the shows that we watch, if they're really good, it's like, oh, there's one or two on there, they're stinkers. Blah. But this one really didn't have... A bad match. Like you said, a couple of mid matches, but nothing like awful where you have to fast forward through it unless you don't like Sting. Yeah. Now, what I will tell you is that this week was a gift because next week is not a gift. Next week is work. That's how we're that's how we're defining that's how we're defining these things working natural um, uh you know it's you know like when you really love your job and then people are like oh, geez. oh. <laughs> and then people are like oh hold on let me let me get my shit straight here um like when you like when you love your job so much it's not a job anymore like yeah, something like that. Yeah. Well, I love doing this, but this fucking shit is work. It's TNA Destination X 2010. I'm so over the TNA. <laughs> We're only in February. This is March. God, I'm so over the TNA. Jeff hates me. It's fun. Um, let's see. What does this show feature? Um, we have one match that was rated a dud. One, two, three, four. Um, only two matches higher than a two star rating from Dave Meltzer. Imagine that. Um, now what I will tell you. We do have the likes of Amazing Red, uh, Rob Terry, Rob Terry, Generation Me, also known as the Young Bucks, Scott Hall, Six Pack, and Kevin Nash, Abyss in the main event. Yeah. I'm really sorry. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so that will be next week. Uh, we will welcome back the one and only Travis Lasseter back to that for we so we can discuss that. 
Um, after that, we kick it into WrestleMania Overdrive. Um, we're covering five different WrestleManias this year. Uh, so you want to make sure your notifications are turned on so that when new episodes, new information comes out, you're the first one to know. You can get those on Twitter or TikTok, uh, both WP Pod One. Um, if you are new to the TikTok, um, thank you so much. Um, been generating a lot of views over the last week, so definitely appreciate that. Um, please like and share. Jeff, where can they find you? Twitter, Jeff M Hall One. Jeff M Hall was taken, and there's not enough room on this podcast for a Jeff M Hall too. So. Not at all. Nope. Um, well, that does it for this episode. Um, again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your continued support. And we will catch you next time on the Retro Review, courtesy of your very own wrestling purists. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Wrestling Purists Podcast, sponsored by Anchor. Remember to turn notifications on so you don't miss any episodes. Follow on Twitter at WPPod1 for all announcements and updates.